but only slightly. Aidy Lane, good evening, Mr. Co-hosty Man. Good evening. I am I am less smooth. I am not as smooth as you. Yeah, you're about as smooth as a donkey's bum, really, aren't you, to be honest? <laughs> and and land sharky D Lane, yes, I like that. But we are we are joined um in a first for, for our podcast, which is not difficult because this is only the fifth show, uh, by by friends, uh nearly family, actually family members, um, John and Danny, uh theatrical family members. Good evening, John and Danny. Hello, hello. Hello, both of you. How are you? <laughs> Very giggly, as always. <laughs> That's how we start, isn't it? Giggles. <laughs> we, we, and then it just carries on. And then we and then just, yeah. yeah. There's no sense that comes out of us, is there? No, no. Very little. So, um, for the purposes of our audience, because we have built up a reasonable audience, by, by reasonable, I say probably about nine regular people so far. What? <laughs> you never told me we've got nine listeners. Oh, we yeah, have. Yeah. And two of them are in Belgium. I don't know how that happened. So they just like the sound of our giggles. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yes. Anyway, so so for the benefit of our nine possible podcast listeners, although I don't know whether they're individual, they might be kind of someone listening twice, although why someone would listen twice to this, I don't know. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Sorry. So we're a hit in Belgium somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, our hit Belgium <laughs> podcast, yeah. Are you promoting like mad in... <laughs> In Belgian Facebook pages, what's happening here? What's Belgium famous for anyway, apart from buns? Buns now. <laughs> <laughs> Waffles. Chocolate. Yeah, true. Ah. Chocolate. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, so, John and Danny, for the benefit of our Belgium listeners, would you like to introduce yourselves? Go on, John. On well, you go. Talk out. I, I, if, I, if I'm speaking in Belgium, I should probably have to do it in three languages, probably. But I, I will try in my best in English. But listen, it's great to be here with you both tonight. So, uh, uh, as as you as you well know, uh, Daniel, uh, we are uh, singers, songwriters, and uh, theatre makers. I suppose is the way to describe us, and um, we have. Uh, been at this quite a number of years um, writing songs and performing at gigs and things like that. That's what we do. And in the last, say, four or five years, uh, we have been uh, working on various theatre projects and uh, we've even collaborated uh, with your good self. And uh, uh, we love doing, we're very lucky uh, doing what we're doing. And in particular, we're lucky that we are um, we're a husband and wife, and we're together. So uh, that's me. I don't know, Danny. Do you want to add something extra onto that? Yeah. Well, John don't really sing unless he's had a few Guinnesses, but he certainly <laughs> plays the drums. So, um, so he missed the drumming out. Um, and yeah, we just basically we write basically anything from sort of jazz to pop to rock to musical theatre. Um, and I suppose we write for ourselves. It's our therapy. It's our release. We like to call ourselves sort of story writers. We we put stories to music, um, and you know we've got a following of people that actually enjoy that. Um, and for that, then we you know we we go and do our gigs. So we're grateful. We're very grateful for our listeners and that they enjoy our music. Although there's not one theme in our music, I don't think. No, I, I like the variety, actually. And, and uh, without embarrassing you or admitting that I got paid to say this, uh, I, I actually really, really enjoy working with you because of that of that breadth and, and difference of styles. Um, it keeps things interesting, doesn't it? 
Yeah, it does, and and I, I think I think you know uh, there's always the risk uh, today that people like to uh, pigeonhole you and um, and do it. But the thing is, we never know where a song or where some music is going to come from, and um, so we have we've all sorts of different genres depending on uh, the mood or the message or what it is that we're trying to to say. Um, and uh, and that's that's makes it interesting, um, and you know uh, we love the fact that there's it's not just one genre and there's there's many different aspects to it. So uh, as long as people are enjoying what we're doing, we'll keep doing it. Well, that's the main thing. But I think you hit on the key point there that that I think if you're creative and you're doing it for yourselves, that means that you're not actually kind of selling out or or being compromised uh, in terms of your kind of creative vision. But but if you're enjoying what you're putting out, that kind of all that matters really, isn't it? Um, unless unless you're trying to do it commercially, and then that's really disastrous. Yeah, I mean commercially, I've. I have, John and I, but mainly me, have, have tried to write commercially. John's good at writing commercially. Um, I can't write commercially. I just end up writing a load of old nonsense and getting very frustrated and putting it in the bin. Um, I can't do it. I, I really can't do it. I, I can only write when it comes, and it might be a day, it might be a week, it might be a year. I might write two songs in one day. I wrote a song today. Um, and I wasn't expecting to write a song. I was meant to be doing chores. So, yeah, there you go. I'm not. I, I'm not a commercial writer, but I suppose there's enough songs there now to put out into the commercial market. <laughs> Actually, I've just already discovered a link between John and Tony. Uh, Tony doesn't sing either, so that's that's quite an encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, there may be more than just you and I in that club. <laughs> Uh, you, you've got me on the drums. I mean, I suppose I could make some noise. Um, would it be nice? <laughs> no. But seriously, you you understand Tony about the whole concept of not kind of making uh, creative work projects for other people because that's that's something that you had to really work through with uh, Invasion of the Not Quite Dead, isn't it? Yeah. I, I the more I try to make it um, commercial, I guess the word is commercial. I. I I mean, when it comes to independent filmmaking, you know, it's, um, I don't know if there's such a thing. I mean, Paranormal Activity was quite commercial, I guess, in the end. Um, but usually you just, you know, you just do what you want and, and hope somebody likes it. Uh, so creative. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the more I try to make it for other people, uh, the less, the less I was, I, the less it was working for me. Um, so in the end, I just had to be completely selfish and be one of those one of those diva creatives and just say, Do you know what, this is for me. This is this is my creative vision. Uh, you know, if there's if there's some weirdos out there that's like me, then they're going to love this. And it's kind of, you know, I found you know I found that to be very therapeutic in 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 just not letting all the voices in and just kind of uh, going with one vision and just and just just going with the flow. Yeah, I think I think I think it's a very you know it's an interesting thing because I, I think if you look at um, commercial music today, um, typically there's at least five or six people co-writing some of these songs, and um, and that's a very uh, that's a very complex thing um, to do, and it means there's compromises and and other things you know all along the way. So uh, generally, we have found. 
um, we do. There, there are particular people that we um, collaborate with. Our, our long-term uh, collaborator is a guy called Dave Barber, who um, is the guitar player uh, in the band. And um, but probably outside of that three, uh, we don't really do much, do we, uh, Danny? Because we find it easier to create when there are generally fewer people involved is, is that fair to yeah say? and i think one of the mm. reasons that we probably don't respond well to commercial mm. writing is probably because we are probably so insecure of our own art that we don't want to be in a public forum doing that in fear of if it were to be rubbish mm. so i suppose if we are doing it for ourselves in a relaxed environment we're not under pressure we've not taken a load of money um and we're not under those deadlines then you'll just get the best out of us i think um and it's just uh you know i think it's like anything if if people are a little bit more relaxed then they'll shine when the pressure's put on and it feels like a job as opposed to um something that really makes you happy then stress gets involved and then nobody wants to do it i think that's probably the real reason i'm guessing i, I agree with that i've had um, yeah. when i was when i was trying to compose full time and and taking small projects which had deadlines i found that a deadline was the biggest killer to my creativity uh, i if i if you stick a deadline on me it doesn't get done it, it's, yeah. I, and it's not because i'm being awkward i just it just dries up my creativity because i feel pressured to actually try and achieve something by a date whereas if it's natural and it comes out because like you said today, you know, you were supposed to be doing the chores, which, by the way, is an awesome reason to not do the chores. Uh, <laughs> didn't do the dishwashing today because I was creating a song. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, but but you get inspiration from 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 places when you don't expect to get it. And that's when true creativity flows. So, yeah, stuff deadlines. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's um, it's very um, it, it's funny how, how people react, you know, the different pressures. Um, and you know the deadlines really are or the pressure comes from yourself yeah um, because you know you might have to uh, to do something for a show or you know there's a piece of music that's needed uh, for something else that you're doing or whatever and um, you know you, you you want to do that but that's a different sort of pressure because it comes from yourself not externally and well, and you can kind of work around that I love Douglas Adams' quote on this famous quote on deadlines. He said, I love deadlines. I love the whooshing noise they make as they go by. He didn't <laughs> like deadlines either. I love that. I like though. that. I like that. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, I know you've got... Um, we're going to need to talk to you about your uh, your latest and present project. But I'm going to kind of make you guys work for it. Because uh, I really hate it when you listen to other other more commercial output. And, and it's just like a massive sort of plug fest. So uh, I decided uh, literally a second ago that I wasn't just going to let you kind of talk forever about what projects you're doing. You're going to have to work at it. And if I feel like you've earned it, then then you can plug um, you can plug what you know. I'm serious. You can do that anyway. I just thought well, it would be quite fun. There's pressure. There's I know, pressure. I know. But there's no <laughs> deadline because we'll stay here all night until you've got to the stand. Oh and I... <laughs> it's like one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> We've been going for eight hours. Exactly. Why do I feel like we've walked into a trap here? <laughs> yeah, it's like a. I'm yeah. sorry, we're just going to do the Rocky Horror Show instead. <laughs> <laughs> 
So um, one of the things that I noticed, um, and, and you know that I love musicals and I love musical theatre a lot. And incidentally, how excited am I that Hamilton is touring next year? Uh, that's just immense. Fantastic. Yeah, it's going to give a lot of people a lot of, you know, opportunity to go and see that show that haven't been able to for millions of reasons. So yeah. it's a really good, good idea. And it's coming to Southampton as well. So it's just down the road. Uh, yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've got the deadline on my diet. So as soon as it c- clicks over to a midnight plus one on the ticket release, I'm like, I need front row seats for Hamilton. I need to be, uh, well, I need to be in the room when it happens. Do you see what I did there? Absolutely. Oh, good, in the very room. Good. Very good. That, that wasn't even planned. That just tripped out. <laughs> it was podcast gold. So Removing myself from the situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, history has its eyes on you, Danny. It does. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tony has no idea what I'm talking about. Have you not seen that? You've not seen Hamilton yet, have you? I haven't. No, I, I'm, I still haven't seen The Lion King, so I'm a little bit behind. <laughs> to be fair, we've not seen The Lion King, and it's been going for 25 years. Yeah, I, I have seen it, and, and yeah, it is, it is pretty good. So this is obsession that, that I've noticed lately, um, making everything into a musical. So we've got Back to the Future, the musical, which apparently is really good. Uh, Only Fools and Horses, the musical, which apparently as well is really good. But was it Pretty Woman, the musical? Beetlejuice, the musical? So, yeah. Danny and John, putting you on the spot, what is the weirdest idea um, that, you, that you could think of to make a film into a musical? Um, a film into a musical? Um, probably that horror movie you suggested. <laughs> Paranormal <laughs> Activity? Land no, shark. The, the shark one. <laughs> that might make oh, it better. Oh, I tell you what, Jaws. Could you imagine Jaws as a musical? Sharky, 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 sharky. I think they did try to do. They think they Jaws did a the music, musical. Yeah, I think they did a musical. How did that they, work? They did a musical about the making of Jaws. No, but that's all right. Uh, but but it it was loosely based around the plot as well and the making of it because apparently there were all sorts of. Uh, problems yeah, uh, pers- yeah. Per- you know personality clashes and budgetary problems and all sorts of things that went on so in many ways the making of the movie as a musical was more interesting than uh, you know the movie itself <gasps> i don't know what to say my breath has been taken away uh, did um robert shaw is probably not very easy to work with is he <laughs> it strikes me as being a tad grumpy <laughs> Well, I, I think him and um, who was the other main Dreyfus. star? Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus. Richard they clashed I think Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfus, um, because Robert Shaw was a very established actor and, you know, had, had certain uh, views and, and Richard Dreyfus was the, the new boy on the block and a bit cocky. And um, <laughs> I think when they both turned up, um, the sparks flew. And um, I think some of that translated into, mm. you know, into the acting. Um, but uh, th- that was one of a number of things that, that I had heard. But I, I think they did. They made a, a musical about the making of it. And, and uh, there must be loads of material, um, you know, uh, that, they, that they could draw on to, uh, to write it. But I've just got this stupid thing in my head, Daniel, and you're going to giggle at this. John won't. I don't think Tony will. But, you know, in them really dreadful... American school productions that you see on the TV that sometimes the kids watch. <laughs> I've just got this vision of like loads of kids holding up this blue sheet of material or something and just like four other kids going under 
with this big sharp fin coming out. It's like absolutely terrible. Trying to recreate the moment that Jaws um, is seen in the water with a um so yeah, it absolutely sounds, terrible it sounds, idea. It sounds like you watched House Shark. <laughs> the film I talk, that, that's basically what House Shark is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. In the toilet, it is. Yeah, it should be called Toilet Shark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll, get, we'll get onto that later. I, I really liked it, but I, uh, but Tony says I've I've committed an act of war against his person. <laughs> Danny and John, I need to talking explain. About, talking about liking something, Daniel. Have you seen the musical? It's not in the UK, but obviously it's on the TV. Diana the Musical. Have you seen it? Um, I've no. I've heard lots of things about it. Daniel, it, it's it's. Um, let's just say, um, it it's not a comedy yet. We thought it was a comedy, but it's not a comedy. It's deadly serious. You have to yeah. watch it. I've we didn't make. I've heard we it's didn't so make bad. It's funny. more than. We didn't make more than fifteen minutes. No, and, and we, we had to watched, turn it we off. We watched uh, and different snippets of it, and 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 I think this is the other thing um, about something that will be going well when something is made for a particular audience or particularly relevant to one country, um, their understanding of of it and their appreciation of it is going to be completely different <laughs> to, um, you know. So let's just say it's not international. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, don't yeah. translate. Put it like that. Although the French might love it. Well, you know. <laughs> I, I'd heard that. So I read some of the reviews and I thought, this just sounds like a car crash. I've got to watch it. But it's got good reviews in America. It's yeah. got great reviews. It's on Broadway. I know, it's bizarre. Well, those Americans <laughs> will watch anything, won't they? Um, Tony, I thought I thought what would make a really good musical, what about The Thing, the musical? I don't know. I mean, I think the thing would make a great stage play. Yeah, um, but you know, maybe, maybe better than a musical. Um, Dawn of the Dead, the seventy-eight version, would make a great musical. Oh, it would, wouldn't it? It'd that be like a thriller. Do you know? Yeah. Not so much a musical, yeah. but I, I've always thought this from the moment I first saw it. Don't you think Reservoir Dogs would really work on stage? Yeah, as, it's as, just, as, but it has to be. Yeah. Like a serious type of... Oh, yeah, intense. Like, yeah, like, it would work really well, but it'd have to be almost like the Sweeney Todd element, you know, very dark. Oh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be gripping. And if you got the cast right, it'd be, I mean, getting the rights from Tarantino would be a nightmare. But you could do all the outside bits, um, you know, sort of running towards the the, the, the warehouse or whatever on a, on a drop-down screen, couldn't you? So it could just be yeah. like a one-set deal. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought so. You just never get the rights from Tarantino without without bankrupting yourself, would he? Unless he got Not into really. the yeah. But um, yeah, it just seems like everybody's making something into a musical at the moment, and yeah. mostly eighties stuff. Well, Stranger Things also... now as well. Yeah, Stranger Things the musical. Is it? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Well, that's interesting. That shut me up. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we'll say goodnight. No, not really. It's early tonight. Dear. So, yeah, um, I've not seen Back to the Future, but he must have done well. It got transferred to Broadway, didn't it? Yeah, Ca- Cameron's seen it. He said it's absolutely spectacular. Well, 
Cameron um, Tony is is uh, Danny and John's. Is it? Is he? Is he your eldest son? I'm not good at he, age. No, he's number number two son. Number two. He's number 17. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a lovely guy. I really like him and he's very talented uh, at what he does. And uh, what he does is incredible stage management. And I had the privilege twice of watching him work. And I just watched, wow. And, and I love his dry sense of humour. He has me in stitches. Oh, yeah. He's... Yeah, I mean, he's, he's just come off of a tour with um, Sister Act. Yes. He was touring with them and he's just finished. He's gone to America. I can't tell you on air what the next one is because obviously he's it's not gone public yet. The 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 what they call it the what's on, um, what they call it uh, yeah, announcement. And I will be shocked. But um, but yeah, no, he's he's going on to another good musical, um, and that will start off in September. In September, so so that's going to be fun. Yeah, he's um, fantastic. Well, so, um, all the best, Cameron, in the project we don't know the name of yet. But he's, no, in America, he's in America at the moment, living his best life, Daniel. <laughs> well, we have got some listeners in America as well. There's about two of them, but we have got some. <laughs> you should ask them what they think of um, the Diana musical. Uh, well, actually, that reminds me. We, we do I do this on a vain hope that sometimes someone is going to email me and then I'll be like, Tony, we've got an email. They hate the show and they said something very rude about me, but they did email. We did send an email address. <laughs> <laughs> so if you hate the show and you want to uh, comment on Tony's, um, uh, well, yeah, just let us know. If you hate the show, if you love it, whatever. Uh, if you've got some ideas on what, what we could talk about, uh, email us. <laughs> Stop making me giggle. Decomposepodcast at gmail.com. I did try and get decomposing, but someone had already got it. So I had to kind of, yeah. Fair enough. So, oh yeah, well, I've got something exciting to tell you. Uh, I, I'll say this, and then, and then, uh, then we could have a musical break, which in brackets means that basically I, I announce it, then I insert it post production, and then we pretend like we've heard it and talk about it. It's, it's brilliant. It's, yeah, so that probably is what happens a lot of the times, but no one's is idiotic enough to say that's what they're doing. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but before I do this, I have to say one of my bucket list things, apart from hearing something that I've I've arranged or composed a bit of uh, playing out of theatre speakers. So thank you both of you for that. that was, no, thank you. I, I cried when I heard "Go Wild" for the first time. It's a serious. No, it was, it's absolutely brilliant. And actually, John can tell you, John is bringing vengeance back. Mm, back with a vengeance. Back with a vengeance. Oh, wow. I'm on form tonight. <laughs> well, uh, well that's perfect because i was going to insert go wild at this point um because uh see that was an example how that came to me that was a classic example of not working to deadline nearly crashing your car um because the comp the the idea for that came when i was driving back from 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 meeting you guys um and 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 i was just i was just thinking about how incredible oscar wilde was seriously talented brilliant comedy and how he totally messed mucked up his entire life and everybody else is around him and and, <laughs> and and how and how incredible the writing for vengeance was how much i enjoyed it as a piece of theater and still do and yet i thought people leave leave the theater at the end of this with with with, with they're gonna kind of like need to have a few drinks it's it's like a really really kind of poignant but really sad moment when it should be but look at the guy's legacy look at this back catalogue look at this wealth of work we can enjoy um so that's where go wild came from 
Um, but we I'm need sh- merch, Daniel. We need we, merch. Go it, wild. It does. It does. It does lend itself to merch, doesn't it? Big time. But I was driving, and then that oh, handbag popped into my head. <laughs> I'll, I'll, if, I, if I kind of soundbite that and stick it into the track, and then shout "Go wild!" really camply, then that would really work. And I, and I swerved over the road. It was like, well, this is a bad moment to be composing. <laughs> But yeah, so so yeah, so here, insert go wild track. Wasn't that great, everybody? Didn't you love that track? Isn't it brilliant? Wasn't it? <laughs> yes, we did. did. Did you like that bit, Tony? When it did that thing? It's almost like we all had a script. <laughs> so so John, 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 excites. So you're bringing back vengeance. Tell us everything. Well, we we um, you know, th- that became such a labour of love. Um, uh, the, the the vengeance um, project and it's what sort of Tony was talking about earlier what you talk about as well is that it started off wanting to tell the story of um, of Oscar Wilde but in a way that hadn't been told before mm. um, and uh, taking a different slant on it and in particular um, through music and creating emotions and things like that and you know uh, so we, 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 we did our tour um, and uh, we were affected by COVID and lots of other things, as were many others. But what has happened um, since then, when we've been talking about um, uh, the, the, the Brendan Bean project, which we'll talk about later, perhaps. Plug but, one. But there's, there's a plug, okay? Shameless. <laughs> but but when, when we've been talking about that, people have asked, well, what else have you done? And... Um, the, uh, the, 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 you know, we showed them some of the work that we did with Vengeance and they love it. And it's, it's uh, inspired us to the extent that, you know, really important industry people we've been having discussions with have said that is really good. And we would love um, to, 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 to bring that back. So uh, it won't be, it's not going to be this year, but I think it's going to be the second half of next year. And we'll be talking with you, Daniel, and, and others and uh, to bring back um, uh, vengeance. And if I can just uh, take it on a step further, it's kind of a, um, it's the second, vengeance is one part, Brendan Bean is another. Mm. Um, they are two parts of a trilogy um, that, um, that uh, I'm, I, 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 I have, I'm working on. Uh, I'll tell you about the third one in a second, but it's, it's a trilogy of, creative you know creative people who were geniuses mm. who were who were irish and who uh, who had their genius taken away too soon yeah, um, and um, and and if there are any common threads uh, between them and so you know oscar wilde died when he was 46 uh, brendan Behan died when he was 41 and the third um, the third member of this um, uh, one that I've started work on, and, and it's it's getting really exciting, is um, Phil Linnett, uh, who was the bass player with uh, Thin Lizzy, the band Thin Lizzy. Oh wow, yeah. And and he died when he was thirty six. So there is a you know it's kind of a little bit the Jim Morrison story, or there's loads of other people that you could do, and it's trying to explore in this trilogy what is what is it. In in the genius of certain people, um, that there there are so many facets to their character. Like where did the genius come from? How do how were they so productive? How did they produce this legacy? 
and then the sort of self-destruct element of it um, and the people around them. So there's nice things happening in terms of the threads of those themes and those ideas. So that's where uh, Vengeance fits in. That's where Brendan fits in. That's where the future project of, of Phil Linnett uh, fits in. So I hope that makes sense, is that it's really kind of interesting. Um, and obviously, uh, we're putting all of that to music and telling their stories in a particular way. Um, and, you know, uh, Vengeance, there's, there's interest in it. And I think when those three pieces are completed, um, I think it would be wonderful to be able to tour them almost like um, an ensemble where the three pieces would be performed by an ensemble, um, you know, uh, uh, in, in a run of a week, say, in the theatre or something like that. So that's there's a bit of um, vision, maybe pie in the sky, but um, yeah, that's that's the, the the thinking behind it. That's fantastically exciting, and yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really affected by uh, like the Doors biopic, um, Vengeance, obviously, and and stories about people who are who left us too young. I remember also um, uh, watching the film Prick Up Your Ears about Joe Orton, um, yeah. where uh, Gary Oldman and Alfred Molina absolutely spellbindingly good in that and i just i just i loved i loved uh, orton's writing with particularly with entertaining mr sloan um and 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 you watch this you think how did that happen we, we just got robbed of this incredible playwright who was just about to start breaking through or just had start breaking through um mm. and and then and then he, then he's gone and you and you just think oh joe orton was a great writer though yeah and 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 i think i think um you know, uh, uh, that story and, you know, obviously he had connections with Kenneth Williams and mm. all of that scene. And, 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 uh, and I think, I think it's, it's, it's a really interesting kind of, um, uh, themes as to how these creative people, uh, engage with the world, you know, there's something inside them and, and, and they have to get something out. Um, Van Gogh was another, um, and, you know, you can just list and list and list all these people, be they, you know, songs, uh, um, theatre, painters, whatever. And it, it's, 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 it, it, it kind of says a lot about how, how hard it is to be true to your art um, and how difficult it is sometimes to engage the world. Um, it says a lot about how sensitive people are. Uh, it says a lot about the people around these people and the impact they have on the decisions that they make. And, you know, on Oscar Wilde, you saw that. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, and then their legacy. And and maybe it says something about us, um, and I just use the collective word, um, us being kinder to creative people. Mm. Um, because uh, creating art is so important. And, and sometimes, you know, those artists, whoever they are, it's not always comfortable for them and and think what we could you know us to take oscar wilde for example he was 46 when he died if you compare him to a contemporary like george bernard shaw who died in his 80s think what we would be dealing with if we had another 40 years of writing from oscar wilde um and and what he could have added and, and so on and so forth so i i think it's just it's a very interesting set of themes um, and still very, very relevant today, even though the characters may be historic uh, characters, 
the issues around it are still very, very relevant today, being an outsider and all of those things. Absolutely. Uh, Tony, Tony you, we've talked about this as well, haven't we, about about the, the, the positive side, the incredible vibrancy of being creative, but but the, the downside mentally um, yeah. and, 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 and that sort of thing. Have, have you got any thoughts you want to add? I mean, I was just I was just thinking, you know, as, as John was saying that, that uh, you, you get a lot of these creative uh, types that, that that are geniuses in whatever they're creating. Um, and, but then you also find out that they're suffering from some form of, of um, some mental unwellness that, that kind of takes over their lives. Um, so they, they focus a lot more on their creative art because it is it's therapeutic. I mean, I, I know I find with myself that um, you know, if I'm having a, a really low day, I'll I'll get I'll get on the computer and do some some editing and try and try and solve some some editing puzzles. And um, so, like, I can understand if if you have a, an obsessive creative artist that, that 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 is just so focused and so so amazing at what they do. Um, I could I could see that there is almost a downward spiral as well because you can't be on a creative high all the time. So. There's a very good chance that a lot of these creatives really struggle, and if they don't have uh, friends and family support, uh, it could be a very dangerous, very dangerous place for them to be. I did have a question uh, for you, John. Did you did you find any connections uh, with a lot of uh, these uh, these artists and creatives that, that died young? Was was there any like uh, like suicides involved? Um, I I. The ones that I have sort of focused on, I mean, obviously, if you take someone like Van Gogh, he, he committed suicide. But but actually, uh, the, 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 the general thing um, was um, not suicide. It was more um, that they had a sudden um, sort of uh, fall from grace. Um, you know, mm. some some of them were not only chasing their, their art, but they were also chasing fame. And right, and that's right. a very dangerous pursuit, um, because is, yeah. you know the end the end game in that is fame is a, a temporary thing. Um, yeah. There were also I I think one of the themes that I have explored is that uh, you know creative people like that attract um, a circle around them of people who have their own agendas mm -hmm. and who yeah. often want to exploit this and. While the creative person is focused on their art, um, commercial things or other things go on behind the scenes, um, that that lead them into, uh, you know, bad places. Like Elvis Presley, for example, mm. was, and you saw from the recent movie, where uh, Colonel Tom Parker, um, did, did tied him up in knots contractually, uh, which meant he had to perform in Vegas and everything else, which had a massive impact on his health and. Uh, his well-being and everything else, um, and I think I think it's it's it is what you mentioned there, uh, Tony. Is I I think for me, what do we learn from all of these stories? It's about, um, you know, nurturing and pr protecting creative uh, people, um, and uh, being careful who they surround themselves with, and. Um, and supporting them because often they're very sensitive. Of now, there's some of them, uh, and and this is the the interesting thing also, 
some of them have dark sides to their own personality. You know, they can be selfish. They can be, yeah. uh, they can be very destructive. They can be people who don't care about the damage they inflict um, uh, and so on. But most of them, you know, to be fair, most of them, not speaking ill of everybody, have, was or did have some kind of substance abuse to a high level, be it alcohol or drugs, um, yeah. which was fueled probably in the early days from being on a high and then wanting to maintain that high because as people know that create when you create you're on a buzz or you perform you're on a buzz and you come off and boom you you go down very quickly you know um and there was the the lows so i would imagine that the substance abuse was to keep them on the uppers to keep them Mm. on that level playing field Uh, i don't think any of them passed on clean you know, if you'd have done a blood test, I'd say that there would have been substantial stuff in their body. So that mixed with all sorts of mental health issues and paranoia mm. and, you know, um, fame imposter and imposter syndrome and all of that. I'd say that there's a lot to do with, like you were saying, battling those demons and the creative side Um and look, they can't just go to putting the bins out. You know what I mean? They can't just go to knocking up a shepherd's pie. Um, <laughs> it, it's not like that. And yeah. they feel odd. Everyone around them, you know, I know Tony said about friends and family, but most creatives, their friends and family don't get what they do. <clears throat> no, they no. Really no. They alienate them, which, yeah. you know. You know yeah, and they say, why don't you get a real job? You know, when are you going to do this? Yeah. And then if you suddenly hit the big time and you're famous, everyone wants to be your friend. So yeah. <clears throat> there's a very, very... I mean, um, who who's that fellow on who blow the doors off? Bloody blow the doors off. Michael, Michael Caine. Michael Caine was given. He was in a in an interview saying that um, his family basically said, you know, you choose to be an actor, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, you know, but yet when he was famous, everybody wanted to know who he was. Um, he then chose not to take his family after that point. Um, so it's a very it's a fine line, I think, between these creatives yeah. and realism, I suppose. And and I th- yeah I, I agree with everything every, everybody just said and and passionately so I, I think also um, there is an element of obsession there has to be to being creative because we wouldn't do it otherwise uh, the 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 element of obsession which means we have to we have to perfect our art we have yeah. it we 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 don't do that'll do I hate that'll do. That'll yeah. do never does. It's got to be yeah. the best it can be, possibly be, whether it's for for one person to watch it or, or a million people. It has to be at the highest possible quality. And that sort of obsession, no one who isn't creative and obsessive themselves understands because it's insanity. Because it does it make, is actually, it does make it's, you it's, ill. It's a living, living nuthouse. <laughs> yeah, it is. And we love it, to yeah. be honest. And, and, and I think that's what it is. I think... You know, um, welcome to the house of when, fun. When you, yeah, <laughs> when you when you when you do this, uh, there are there are highs and lows. And but but when you're in the lows or whatever, there's something that keeps coming. But you know, keeps bringing you back. Uh, you'll get a new inspiration, a new idea, or somebody will say something, or somebody will come along and encourage you, uh, and all the rest of it. And I think I think it is. Um, you know, it's also interesting to look at the other end of the scheme of, of the scheme and sort of say those artists uh, who have lasted, you know, huge uh, longevity. You know, recently Tony Bennett uh, passed away um, in his 90s. 
you know, singing uh, for 60, 70 years mm. at the top of, of his game. And, and, and then you look at what are the elements um, that, that uh, make up his success and similar people, you know, uh, their success. What are the elements that make that they are able to cope with the fame and they're able to cope with success. A strong and, woman, John. Maybe, <laughs> and, 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 and a strong man or whatever. But it, it, it's, it's interesting that what they have to, to, to last the, 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 the term and what maybe um, some of the others who didn't, and there's all sorts of reasons, it's not a straightforward thing, um, but it's interesting to compare both ends of, of the spectrum. And one of the things, you know, if you, you look at some of the things with Tony Bennett or, or you know, Irving Berlin or other people in theatre who lasted a long time. Frank Sinatra. Uh, Frank Sinatra. They, they, they all took life fairly simply. Mm. And if I, if I say it like that, yes, they had uh, the, the, the trappings of wealth and everything else. But Tony Bennett's story is one of, of ups and downs and huge gaps in his career and, uh, and so on. And that's very typical. So... They, they they have this obsession, they have this flexibility. Reinvention. Um, yeah, they're able to reinvent mm. themselves. They're, they're able to pick themselves up and deal with setbacks and, and so on. And, and then other people, for other reasons, may not be. And this is not, you know, part of what we're doing. There's no judgment here because everybody's story is an, an individual story. What it is is just trying to present this and, and let people ponder these issues and and then think about well maybe if I know someone is creative or I know someone of this maybe I can be kinder or support them or whatever you know if you if you if you get to that point it's kind of been a, a worthwhile um thing because all you're doing there's no judgment because nobody knows exactly the story or what goes on in people's minds it is more just to say look here's what's happened Here's some of the emotions. Here's some of the things maybe you did or didn't know. And and think about that. And that's what theatre or movies or whatever, that's what it's about, isn't it? It's to make people think, I suppose, on some level. Yeah, absolutely. And and there has to be that area of danger, whether it's, you know, you know I, I've, I've been quite inspired by, well, all three of you, actually, in, in, in your different projects, because you've really pushed beyond the boundaries of, don't look surprised, Tony, um, <laughs> I'm just being humble. <laughs> you pushed between the boundaries almost of human endurance. You know, seeing John and Danny, you working, you know, all the hours to get to get vengeance to the stage, all of the problems you had to overcome, the stresses, the strains, you know, and and pushing through that. That inspires me, and 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 I think that that's kind of like your sweet spot, if you like. I think creativity, uh, creatively. Anyway, I, I remember David Bowie's quote, again, another famous one, but, but absolutely hit the nail on the head. He said, if you feel safe in the area you're working in, you're not working in the right area. Always go a little further into the water than you feel like you're yeah. capable of being in. Get a little bit yeah. out of your depth. And when you don't feel that your feet are quite touching the bottom, you're just about in the right place to do something exciting. Isn't that true? It's, it's, it, it's, is. it just is, it's isn't true. it? It but is, scary. but it's also bloody stupid. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's basically you could drown. Yeah. Because it's easier just to get a real job, isn't it? And just have that structure and security and, you know, the run-of-the-mill, you know, two holidays, three holidays a year, all that goes with it. And then 
you look back as a creative and you go, God, if only we never spend that money. <laughs> we could have had that conservatory. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, never look back. Uh, no, no, and, and you're right. And, and having having recently just gone into or back into play, paid employment, there is a safety to that and and a, and a comfort to it. But it's not. I don't live for car insurance. You'll be happy to put <laughs> It's not exciting. I don't get in the morning. Like, yeah, car insurance. You know, it's a shock. Does it's a it's a means to an end. But but I've I've said in my interview, I said I'm not doing this because I want to go back into a normal job. I'm doing this so that I can I can finance and support my wife's dream because she's going to go and learn how to do set and costume design, and I'm just as excited about seeing that as I as I am developing my own creativity. It's yeah, that support. Yeah, um, and you're not you're not giving up. No, your 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 what we call the day job. <laughs> so so it's a bit like you know when you're you know you're studying for something and you go and do a part time job. That's almost what you're doing. You're doing your real job, which is this, and that is just you know it's just something there to earn some money to do something you need to do right now. But it's certainly yeah. not your career. It's it's no. just a stopgap. Yeah, absolutely. There's I, when I go when I go to Broadway, I will go to Broadway one day. I've got to go and see a play on Broadway. It's just got to happen. Um, I, I also must find that restaurant that's really famous just off Broadway, where all it's a, it's a musical restaurant. So all of the waitresses and uh, are are musical actresses actresses off Broadway, just been between shows, and they sing at Broadway level. So imagine being served your burgers and fries, and then all the wait- waitresses around the table start going one day more. You know, that's, yeah. that's right. You know, it's just incredible. Why do they do it? Because they love singing. That's their breath. That's that's what gets their oxygen. And they've got to take another job because they're in between gigs. But do they want to be serving burgers for the rest of their life? No, they want to be singing. But I think I think that talks to you know this this notion of of sacrifice for 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 your art or sacrifice for anything. And I think I think it's it, it if you are lucky enough um, to have a, a, a vision for, for what it is you want to do with your life, or or your you have some aspect of your life you have a vision for, then you know I I, I think. Um, I think it talks to the fact that you have to work for it. You have to mm. um, invest. You have to uh, sacrifice. You have to kind of earn your spurs. If you're going to build anything that's permanent, I think there's there's a lot of rockets going up uh, these days. I just use that metaphorically. A lot of rockets where, you know, overnight someone is picked and then they're thrust onto television and da-da-da. And the problem with it is a, a rocket, it goes up fast, but it can also, you know, descend very fast. And I think what is what is interesting about some of the characters we're talking about and, and whatever is it just comes back to this notion that um, success, whatever that looks like, um, is not something that comes easy. You, you have to grind away and you have to be determined and you have to be focused and all of those things to build something that's anyway decent mm. and and i think that's what it is and you make the sacrifices you know along the way and hopefully uh, in doing that you're you're learning whatever and one other thing and this is how we met you daniel is i think uh, when you open yourself up uh, and and it's not collaboration in the sense but when you open yourself up you meet like-minded people mm. on the journey and that's very exciting and very liberating. You know, you meet people who are doing 
great things who who support you or whatever. That's been a really important part of our journey. And um, that you know we've played with some great musicians. We've 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 worked with some great actors. You know whatever it is, that that is a it's a it's a, a journey that's very rich. Um, in in that respect, and and that's also probably why what keeps you coming back because you meet wonderful people along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and and I just had a, a flashback. Uh, me and uh, me and Danny sitting outside the Bognor Regis Theatre um, on that wooden bench because it was a meeting of minds, and 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 we were doing that thing where we were listening to each other, but both both kind of like interrupting each other because we're both totally kind of engaged with what we were saying, and we both totally got each other uh, in terms of musicals. I live for moments like that. They're, they they are they're there when you feel the most alive when you meet someone you think oh it's not just me that's weird Danny's weird as well <laughs> you know what I mean no a hundred percent a hundred percent and um, uh, it's um, you know I'm, I'm sure Danny remembers that conversation yeah it's magical moments and I remember um, us both sort of feeling and saying oh look we've met another weirdo don't feel so strange <laughs> anymore <laughs> somebody like me. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather be weird than boring. And that's a great, it's a great feeling because when you're in sometimes the wrong place or the wrong location or the wrong environment, you can feel like you're a bit strange. But then all of a sudden, you meet loads of people and you realise actually you're not strange. You're just with people, other people that don't get what you're doing. And then suddenly yeah. you put yourself in an environment where everybody gets what you're doing. And like you say, the word family, it is indeed a family. When you find people that not only connect, but get what you're doing and really understand what you're doing. You know, I could speak to my next door neighbours for the next 20 years. They will not understand what John and I do. Um, yeah, I could speak to somebody. They hear it, though. They hear we're, it. We're, we're very noisy. <laughs> um, but I don't think they ever will ever quite get what we do. They hear the finished product, but they don't see, you know, the blood, sweat and tears mm. that go into it before. So, yeah surrounding yourself with... but, but funny enough i'm going to I'm not contradict you but there was a story that we we heard last week and we didn't realize um uh we uh, danny met one of our uh now i'm telling you a story but i, I i'm just making the point and um, met one of our neighbors uh, who we, we don't often talk to but i talked to him uh he's your new by, best friend john and, uh, and whatever <laughs> And, um, John makes loads but, of friends but, on a Friday morning yeah, putting yeah, the bins. But you, oh. you, you, met, you, you met him. The fish and chip shop. At the fish, at the fish and chip shop. Keeping it real, Daniel. Yeah, yeah, it's, it real. yeah it's real, and, yeah. And um, uh, he was telling you how much he and many of the neighbours uh, love listening when we have the band down for practice. And um, we're always very, you know, worried and, you know, um, it's a nice area where we live in, but we're always worried where, uh, you know, we might be a bit noisy and, and blah, blah, blah. But it turns out that when the band comes down and practice and we, we, we practice um, in a small little studio on the back, um, uh, that we are heard and people actually almost pull up chairs and listen and enjoy when we're playing music. Mm. And, and, and so, uh, that moment you know, come when we was having a low moment. And that, yeah. that it did. It and, come and, when we was having a real low moment. Said, "What well, you know? What is the point?" Well, and then this fella doing? from nowhere yeah. recognised the car because I got a few dents in it because I'm not exactly the most um, 
cautious driver when it comes to <laughs> and things. Why am and I not surprised at, me, at that? Keeping it real again. He, he looked at me and then he done a double take and he gently doubled back. He was a very elderly man. Doubled back and looked at the car and saw the scrapes on it and realised immediately <laughs> that I did live next to him. Um, and then he said, oh, you live next to me. I know your husband. Um, and I was like, oh, here we go. He's going to have a go at me. But actually, he was lovely. Mm. Um, and, um, yeah, it was one of those low moments that turned into, oh, my God, a really high moment. That, I love those moments. You know, um, they actually enjoy what we're doing. But it's like anything, isn't it? You don't always get that feedback. No, no, true. And and I think I've just thought the other thing that you and Tony uh, – both of you and Tony uh, share is, is is that that journey or that trial by fire of learning very quickly um, the sort of people that you want to work with and to be blunt the sort of people you don't the sort of yeah. people that are family the sort of people that are going to pull you down for, push their own agendas and actually be be a, a millstone if you like around your neck and not actually encourage creativity at all I think it's a great point, and and I, I think one of the things, and and you only learn this through experience. It's painful. It's very, it, it, very it is painful. painful because art and creating art or working with other artists trusts you. You know, it thrusts you into this, um, in a very accelerated way into a place where you have to trust each other, and and you all, you become very close very quickly, um, just because of the nature of the project or whatever, and. And so when it works, it's fantastic. But when it doesn't work, there's huge disappointment because you say, my God, I let this person close to me and, you know, whatever. And there various things happen and you learn from experience. So the output of that or the learning from all of that is that we, when we do work with people, and this applies to cast and crew and others, we are not just looking to work with people who are technically brilliant at what they do. Because in a way that's your entry ticket. That's a given, mm. you know, uh, if you, if you're, if you hired, can't play the triangle, if, if you're if, not if, in. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, damn. I can't but, play the triangle. But, but one what, job, Daniel, one, one job. job. <laughs> but, 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 but what is really more, almost important, and it might be 50% of the equation, 80% or maybe even more. Uh, <laughs> what do you like as a team player? What is you like as a per, are you like as a person? Yeah. Um, are you, are, are you someone that's, aligned to what we're trying to do doesn't mean you can't have input doesn't mean that we're we don't listen to people with good ideas that's not what we're saying but it is it is are you going to be productive are you going to be a a a, a force for good in the project and 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 that is something that we have our antennae up all the time for when we're choosing the team you know when we did vengeance there was 30 people or thereabouts involved in the project and um you know you're always trying to uh to 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 make sure that you've got people with you who are going to be a force for good and it's very funny actually it reminds me sorry i'm going off on a tangent uh, no you you're not the only one daniel i know when, tangents when, are welcome on this show when, when, when you when you when you work in a band um uh, the, it's always interesting the different personalities and the bigger the band the more complex it gets right and yeah there's always conflicts and everything else but one of our one of the previous people we worked with um uh, sadly passed away now but but uh, you know a good very good friend um he used to have this phrase he used to say there's, there's always, always one there's always one <laughs> yeah and there is there's always, there's always one, one. 
and um, and and that's it. And obviously, what you're trying to do is to make sure you know there isn't one. Um, and and that is that is a very important part of of creation and uh, making a success is that you have you know people around you who are not just technically good but who are good souls you know good people and um, and when that combination happens you know great things can and it's quite happen. rare to be <clears throat> fair to find a talented gifted person like yourself daniel who's actually a very nice person as well do you know what i mean um so when those connections happen um it's important that you know you you look after them they're like gold dust really yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. And and do you, I don't think I'm ever going to get to the stage in my life that I am entirely confident with, with, with compliments. Insults, I love insults. I can manage insults. <laughs> Anybody gives me a compliment, I literally want to sink through the floor. So thanks for that, Daniel. Right, Daniel, you're a donor. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that's better. better. Better now. Honestly. But, but, and, and people think no, it's... Seriously, you are a very, very gifted, gifted, creative... Um, I'm not going to put a label on what you do because you do lots of things, um, and um, but you're a you're a bloody lovely person and genuine and you're full of enthusiasm and that's rare. You know you don't get that even when things are down. Um, you're still there to to carry that torch for people. So it's it's really important that when those friendships are made, yeah, um, their their life. You know it is like you say it's like a family. It's it's, it's a life lifelong friendship. Absolutely. And I, and I say the same, you know, you're always welcome on this show, you know, for a chat or whatever. In fact, I I, um, I, I gave you a clean feed link, link to the show. Uh, it has it has no time limit. So literally, we'll let you know when we do the show. Just just pop up, just just uh, open invite, because seriously, you guys are, are brilliant. And the same same with Tony, not the invite, because he's a co-host. He doesn't need an invite. Um, <laughs> I'll say. pop by from time to time. insults. <laughs> <laughs> But but do you think that that's that's born out of adversity? Do you think that that um, that that kind of genuinity, if that's even a word, if it's not, I've just created it. I don't think I did. Is that a real word? Genuinity. Well, it will be now. I'm going to use it in Scrabble. <laughs> it will be in Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> and Alan the dog. Um, yeah. So so you, we, we've all been through adversity, loss heart-wrenching horrible situations and 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 for me mine have have refined me i feel like they've they've they put me in the, the you know the coal face and all those other tedious metaphors um and they burn bits off me they, they've softened my corners i don't get annoyed about half the stuff that used to annoy me when i was younger i think age is a factor as well i just can't be bothered i'm too tired i can't be bothered to get annoyed about stuff anymore so i i don't know about you guys but i like being older uh, I like I like it. There's no pressure. It's just like just me. I love it. Well, if you get any older, Daniel, you can start dribbling then, and no one will mind. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be one of those people in an old age. Elizabeth uh, would just keep wiping your face. <laughs> we both said we're gonna be those people in an old 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 people's home that trip people up deliberately with our canes and then giggle. Or you'll be shouting at one another, talking, because you're both deaf, trying to think you're being discreet and quiet, and yet everyone's like, what? You're like, you see Tony? He didn't have a wash today. Yeah, yeah. Tony's still wearing those shorts. He's been wearing those shorts for 60 years. <laughs> oh, please tell me we're not still doing podcasting in 50 There's years. a play there. There's a play there. 
there is, there is, there is, there is. The odd couple podcasting. <laughs> I said I'd do a podcast for a year, not 50. <laughs> Until the day you die, which always worried me a little. I'm going to die doing this show. Now, Tony, what do you think about that comment? Tony? Tony? Tony! <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be like the, the modern day Tommy Cooper, you know, dying on a podcast. Yeah. Dark. Or on an app. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that went dark really quickly, didn't it? <laughs> I see this. I I didn't know what this. Show, I like that. Like not scripting these shows. This is this is actually what you're saying and what you're sharing is 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 really really useful and relevant and 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 hopefully if anybody who's not in Belgium listens to this is actually really good <laughs> advice as well. It's 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 you know I I think I think what you what you you know that there's so many strands to this but one of the things you just mentioned there is you get a bit older and um you know it's not necessarily that you get wiser but um you you, you toughen up a bit I think and and you've dealt with setbacks and uh you you start to choose the people that you encounter and the people mm. that you engage with you start to you have. You have things to say, perhaps, and all the rest of it. So I think I think it's it's um, I, you know, f- for for learning from these people, you know, these famous people who who've gone before and and everything else, you you learn that in a way there's nothing new. You know, these themes, these issues have been there since you know Aristotle and and before. And I think I think what it is 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 to try and and keep going you know if you have something to say you have a piece of art you want to create or you want to do something it is to try and uh and just keep going um surround yourself with people who uh who will support you uh be true uh, i think that's where we started the conversation be true to uh what it is that you um that you're trying to do be true to yourself um, and it will happen, you know, it'll happen in maybe unexpected ways. Um, and it's just to encourage. And, and I think, you know, us talking and other people and talk and listen to people who've experienced it. I think there's an awful lot of wisdom out there um, that can, you know, that can can be beneficial. No, I totally agree with that. Um, I think, I think, Tony, what do you think? I think that they've earned uh, the right to talk about uh, their latest project. What do you think? They've earned a few few tokens, haven't they? They, they have, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so so, what do we need to know about Bren, Brendan, son of Dublin, which is an awesome name, by the way? Well, th- thank you for um, for for the tokens. Um, I, I'll spend them. I'll spend them wisely. Um, given 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 the beads of sweat that have been you know coming down for the last 10 15 minutes now listen thank you for having us um and to talk about it. we'll just make it uh, very brief as i as i mentioned this is one one part so brendan Bean um uh, is a very very famous um uh, uh, playwright um and uh, he he uh, he rose to the top of his game you know in the late 1950s and early 60s he had shows running in uh, Broadway and in the West End concurrently, which was very, very unusual. Mm. He, he, he only wrote really three uh, major works. Um, uh, one of them was an, a, a novel um, um, and, uh, and two, other, two other plays um, that, uh, that he wrote. Uh, probably the most famous one um, 
uh, was was a play called uh, The Hostage. So um, his story uh, uh, about being an outsider um, and, um, you know, he wasn't from the classical route going into theatre. He wasn't uh, a well-educated man, though a very intelligent man. Um, uh, he, he, he was always an outsider. And the, the, what we've done is we've written um, a, 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 a musical drama about uh, his life um, uh, from when he was born in Dublin and to his journey um, through into Paris and into New York. Um, and, um, and, and he died in, in, in 1964. And it's really just exploring so many of the things that we've just spoken about. Um, and so we are, um, uh, we are, uh, we, we started off on our journey with this project. We did a reading in London um, of the project on the eve of his the centenary of his birth back in February this year. And uh, we had a wonderful uh, reaction uh, to, uh, to the, 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 the play. Um, we were very, very lucky to have um, Dara O'Malley uh, who was in Sharp. I don't know if you ever watched Sharp. I love Sharp. Um, the TV series. So Dara, um, Dara's an amazing actor and he was our, he played the lead role of Brendan Bean. And we were also very lucky um, to have Brendan Bean's niece, uh, Janet Bean, uh, in the cast as well. And um, he, um, he also um, uh, got his big break um, uh, in theatre um when he um uh, he encountered Joan Littlewood who was who was um you know one of the famous sort of uh, movers of of British theater um in 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 the last century and she ran um in Stratford East uh, in London a thing a project called the the the, the theater workshop and uh, she saw all sorts of people like you know anyone from Michael Caine to uh, Richard Harris to Nigel Hawthorne to you know all really wonderful actors all went through her and uh, so Brendan's interaction with her you know two strong personalities gives rise to some wonderful moments uh, in the show comedy and and uh, other things so uh, that's that's a, a part of it so basically um uh, we, we did the reading, a uh, wonderful uh, reaction to it. And then you move um, through all the, the backroom stuff of uh, building it up to put it up as a full production. And um, we're delighted and excited that um, we're going to be taking the production to Liverpool as part of the Liverpool Theatre Festival in October. And that's going to be um, the first staging um, of the production. And... Um, uh, we're very, very uh, excited about that. And and anyone who knows um, behind the scenes what happens in producing a piece of musical theatre, it's a massive um, undertaking okay. uh, financially, uh, emotionally, uh, everything else. You saw, you lived that with us when we did Vengeance. Yeah. Um, so we, we, we're, we are completely uh, masochistic or whatever the word you want to say. Um, we've decided to go in again, haven't we? <laughs> it's, like, um, it's like we're having another child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's cheaper to have another child. We're, 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 we're very excited about it. And we've written 16 new songs to go in this um, musical drama. 
and um, the music is coming out and the way the, the show is coming out in the script, um, it, it's almost like it takes on a life of its own, you know, um, and, and, and that's it. And we're kind of just strapping in and, and going where, where this thing will take us. So that's our next, um, our next staging post. Um, and we're very, very excited about that. And, um, you know, um, hopefully uh, we'll be able to share more as, uh, as we go along. So that's our, our Brendan project um, in a nutshell. It, do you know, it, make, it makes me want to, and I never thought I'd say, although I do love Liverpool, actually. It's got a wonderful feel about it. Um, it, makes, it makes me want to drive up just, to, to, just not to miss um, this, this next exciting kind of stage in, in, in your, our journey. Um, well, we need a reviewer, Daniel. Yeah, I'll, I'll come. Okay, I was hoping you'd, I was hoping, I was hoping you'd say that. Yeah, I w- no, she loves Liverpool. I will, I will. Um, uh, no, definitely. And Tony, and Tony, Tony too. Yeah, you'd love it. That's great. I'm sure Liverpool's closer to me, isn't it? Actually, yeah, it is. Actually, driving to Liverpool is easy. It's just straight, well, for me, it's just, just straight. Yeah, it's just oh, one road for me as well. It is, yeah, it's, it, it is. I've done it a few times. So I, I have been looking genuinely for an opportunity to go back to Liverpool. So yeah, I'll, I'll mention it, and uh, we'll see what we can do. But no, that that sounds amazing, and 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 inspirational as well. Like all of your work is, and and seriously, Tony, and I'm not just saying this. Um, I wouldn't have wanted to arrange music for 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 songs or music that wasn't interesting and and inspirational. Danny and John write great musicals yeah. and incredible songs, and they are, they are really 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 amazing. So I'm very excited. And brave, yes, doing as well. Do you know there's a moment in, in when, when you were talking about vengeance, when you were talking about the head mics, and I was this always this this for me perfectly encapsulates the trials and and the cost of of putting musical theatre on. So wasn't there an extremely um, high difference in price between flesh covered uh, or flesh coloured, not flesh covered mics? That's that's horrific. <laughs> flesh yeah. covered mics one of your bloody horror movies yeah. again Daniel yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's not it's not real flesh you know it's just it's just, it's it just uh, pretend yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but just I can't remember did John go for the flesh coloured ones no. or not because I couldn't no, tell a bloody re- difference they were really expensive weren't they because you said they, they, what did you yeah. do yeah. Yeah. did he say something like pour plaster over it I think something like that yeah <laughs> But, but you know, and, and and even to the extent you have to get a license to use those from the local police force because the frequency on which these things operate. Yeah, I'm not so sure about it. I've been an ex police officer. Uh, not heard that before. Yeah. I'm not so sure. Well, we, we, we did, but you know, uh, but it, 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 it's a fun a fun fact. Um, and uh, the the major problem we had uh, with the vengeance thing was getting a suitable wig. Um, oh, for, that was the for, hardest for, for the actor the um, Riley, who, who yeah. Oscar Wilde so well. And I think in the end, you know, just a small thing, we ended up paying uh, over five hundred pounds when you got it from China um, somewhere uh, for a week, just for you know oh. for for that, and that's just one component of of cost. And but that was the one that because. If it wasn't authentic, if it didn't, it looked you know, dodgy. And and it was one, and it was made from real hair, you know. Oh. So I suppose there is a <laughs> there is a, a a flesh thing there somewhere. Just to give you your your a, a nod to your love of horror movies, um, <laughs> but uh, no, it, it so it, there's so many elements um, that go into 
uh, theatre. And these days, it's just a massive uh, kind of financially suicidal pursuit. But it comes back to what we've been talking about. Um, you know, if you find people who get what you're doing and are, mm. are, are willing to invest with you and everything else, um, uh, it, that's just fantastic. And, you know, we've learned a lot. Um, so, uh, but yeah. We're so, not learned that much, John, because no, we're doing it again. We're doing it again, yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, but, you know, it's it, it, it's not for the faint-hearted, but it, it, there's something in you that sort of uh, does it. So if there's any of those people in Belgium who want to invest in theatre... <laughs> Um, I uh, want to lose any money. Or, or lose any yeah, money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, don't don't expect a profit because you don't make a no, profit. Well, what, what did they say? The the adage is, how do you make a million pounds? Uh, give me two million and put it into theatre. <laughs> um, um, uh, but 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 that said, uh, it is the storytelling. It is um, you know, in particular for for Brendan Bean, the passion around this is he probably didn't get the recognition mm. um, that he deserved. Um, and he, he, he made a fundamentally sort of changing contribution to British theatre. You know, up until that point, it was kind of Noel Coward and, you know, the very British kind of um, uh, sort of type of theatre that was prevalent. And suddenly, uh, you know, Brendan Bean's works came onto stage for gritty and realistic and, um, and compelling and and kind of that transition uh, he played a major part in that uh, transition um and uh, so so we feel that uh, it would be nice for him to be you know get a new lease of life mm. um and to get his story more widely known so that's what's driving us um and you know, uh, if we can do that and we can wipe our face, um, that's 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 what we're about. So that's that's it in a nutshell, really. No, it sounds it sounds amazing. Um, and do and do let us know when when um, tickets are on sale if anybody's uh, not will. in Belgium and we near will. Liverpool, uh, unless people want to travel from Belgium to Liverpool, because I'm sure there are planes. Sure yeah. <laughs> well, we had someone. In all seriousness, we had someone travel from. Where did she travel to? Hungary. From Hungary to come to the ICC for vengeance. Well, they would be hungry after travelling that far, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and she come. She came all on her own because she was um. She was completely. She's a her... scholar. She's a scholar of Oscar Wilde scholar, mm. and she got wind of of the show, and um, she travelled, flew in to to see the show. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's amazing. Um, yeah, and. Uh, I mean, we we do need theatre. I mean, who who thought through the COVID years we'd ever live through a time where the West End Broadway went dark, you know? And 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 even after we were talking about this, John and Danny with Rock, Rock of Ages, weren't we? Um, when 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 the theatre when the theatre started coming back, it took a, what at least another year, possibly even a year and a half, two years before the audiences were coming back at the level where where it was even viable anymore. It's insanity. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're still, to be fair, I mean, they're still not coming back, Daniel. No. I mean, if you look at the statistics of what, you know, somewhere like the Mayflower in Southampton, you know, versus before COVID versus after COVID, it's 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 the cost of everything as well. It's just yeah. crazy. It's yeah. just, it is just crazy. So you come to a point where people understand that it's more of a, an expensive hobby than a livelihood because um, it's it's a passion, it's a calling, certainly to produce and write new work and get yeah. that up on its legs. Yeah, and, and I think I think 
uh, I think it's, uh, but you know, within that, um, that's the challenge because like you said, taking you out of your comfort zone, that is forcing you to find new ways to do the work yeah. um, and, and new ways to produce and new ways to stage it and everything else. And okay, um, you know, there, there are the challenges, but you can get very creative uh, about how you, how you um, uh, produce work. It's, you know, everything from like we were talking off air about, you know, working from home. That's a completely new model for, um, you know, working. And uh, you can do amazing things um, uh, with, with with music and uh, and, and so on um, that, uh, you know, don't have to cost as much as perhaps they, they, they once did. And uh, so all of those things, they force you to, to be creative. And I suppose it's a test of just how serious you are about, you know, realizing your vision and about doing what you want to do and and that's you know comes back to what we talked about earlier about obsession and you know really grit and determination and um and that feels to us like if you can do that and you can drive it and not lose your sanity and you know not lose your house or whatever it is um uh, you can achieve something that is worthwhile uh, it doesn't mean that it has to be, um, you know, the number one thing on the West End or whatever. Success is various different ways of 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 showing itself, um, but it it does tell you, you know, that you you've achieved something. And you know, Vengeance was very difficult project for us from the commercial point of view and from doing it during COVID times. But at the end of it, we're very very proud of the work that we did. And what we achieved, and that's not—I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm just saying no. we, we 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 kind of worked through all of those challenges, and you know we're very proud of it. And then because we did that, when we're now talking with people about our previous work, they look at that and they can say, "Wow, you know that's a good piece of work. Let's bring it back uh, another time." And 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 so I suppose hopefully it's never wasted. If you're optimistic and you're positive that's the spin you know you put on these things is that your experience tony from the from the film side um or is is it slightly different when you're looking at, at a different medium uh i think um i think it's like this 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 episode i think um anybody creative is is going to feel inspired and and and, and they're going to get something from you know what what we've what we've all been saying um, I mean, I've I've had a very different, very different journey to to, to most independent filmmakers because I set myself a, a deadline of 2011 and I missed it by, <laughs> by, by what now 13 years <laughs> and counting and counting. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, Deadlines I'm don't aiming, work, Tony. I'm aiming for 20. Um, <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot of people out there that don't. Uh, don't want to wait that long um i don't know like i think i think everybody has their own their own their own path their own journey uh, they've got to do it their own way um and you know i, I think john said earlier it's, it's it's about not giving up it's about not quitting and, and no matter how how bad things get or how much money you're losing or or how you're not surviving too well it's it's just about not giving up and uh and that's the test of time. Yeah. And that's, 
you know that's the that's the ultimate vision is is if you can if you start something but you can still get there in the end and and have a you know something that you can be proud of and it's, isn't that at the end of the day all it's about you know um we are rapidly getting to the stage where we need to start talking about house shark um so so my, my thoughts start start kind of moving from from excellence and best quality <laughs> to to <Bottom> of barrel. <laughs> but 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 yeah but we say that because we weren't involved in the project now yeah did do you think that they said that were they <laughs> no they no honestly they they knew, they knew. <laughs> They knew what they was making, and, and that's. And I was trying to say this to you earlier. I'm I'm proud of them because they weren't trying to make a like a Spielberg epic. They they knew exactly what they was doing, and they and they they did it perfectly. That is exactly what they wanted. Tony, you sound like a, a child. You know when a when a when a five year old writes writes on the on the wall, and they go. Did they know what they were doing? <laughs> yeah, they knew. Are you sure? <laughs> they knew what they were doing with that crown and that white wall, Tony. Independent <laughs> filmmakers know know what hell they're putting on people if well, they're. <laughs> so, so, for the benefit of, of John and Danny, who who have saved themselves the uh, the, the heartache and pain of watching um, watching House Shark, House yeah. Shark is basically uh, a, a very low budget, no budget film no, where yeah. where. But, but of a lot of heart and soul. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. With, with, with people who lo- who clearly love Jaws like a lot, yeah. uh, have yeah. decided that they're going to actually take everything they like about Jaws and <laughs> and stick it in a house. Literally <laughs> <laughs> in a toilet. I've got to watch this in film, a toilet. Daniel. In a toilet, and yeah. and the shark um, makes Jaws look real. <laughs> it's a paper, <laughs> it's a paper mache shark. Oh with, my god! And then they arm it. <laughs> it's a bit what? It's got a gun. <laughs> but it's I'm got, gonna watch this film. It, it is, I've got it, to it, watch it. it. The, the acting <laughs> is is interesting, uh, but it's very knowing. It's very tongue in cheek. There's some beautiful Jaws references, and my favourite is the right at the end when they says, "Smile, you son of a biscuit." I don't know, <laughs> son of a biscuit, just made me laugh. Do you know the Do you know the bit that made me laugh? Um, in fact, I howled with laughter, <laughs> uh, and that's the bit where the, the ex-wife of the main character—they're um, having a conversation, and she's saying, "But you're scared. You're scared of this house shark." And he's like, "No, I'm not." And she starts screaming, "House shark! House shark! House shark!" And all of a sudden, he's like flinching and jumping, and you know, there's just there is moments of genius in. In in this film, which I was I was very surprised at. Yeah, it's it's very silly, and and you know, hiding silly. hiding behind bits of wood and like, <laughs> cardboard bits of scenery, and pretending to fight this shark. It it knows what you said. It knows what it yeah. is, but yeah. they're having a lot of fun, and it's infectious. Yeah, yeah. and practical effects. <laughs> you know, that's that's one thing I did love about this was. They they made they made a more realistic shark than Jaws had. <laughs> You're going to make people go and watch this film now. It's going to yeah. be trending. Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth hated it. Um, she she wouldn't stay. She literally left the room. She said, "This is so bad, I can't watch it." And I'm sitting <laughs> on the sofa just giggling at it. it Everyone in Belgium's going to go and stream this film. Yeah, uh, uh, house shark. That that wonderful, you know the you know the bit in Jaws where where um, 
uh, Quint is telling his the story about the, uh, the, the the dropping the bomb, and it's incredibly emotional and intense and everything else. Not so much that their, their version in this scene is. It? <laughs> I can see why you laughed more <laughs> this one than than, than last week's oh, one, yeah, no, which that... obviously you know was a was a film that was was taking itself quite seriously. This one didn't, and I think you can laugh with. The filmmakers on this, which is what I was doing. I, yeah, I thought it was very comedic. I thought it was great. But what I was saying last week about in order to watch rubbish films, you have to have something that, that kind of to, to, mm. to hook into. There was yeah. nothing last week. This week there was loads, and I can yeah. forgive so yeah. much in this film because they loved what they were doing and and they referenced so much of Jaws. And didn't the actors give their absolute all? Which you know. <laughs> is, you know, sometimes when you see a, a like a no budget independent film, it, like you have wooden acting, but this film, all of the three, yeah, the three main roles, they were just they just gave it everything they had, just so much silliness. It was like watching Bruce Campbell uh, doing Evil Dead Two. It was the opening bit though. Doesn't does it's like the opening when they're sitting outside eating baked beans. And you're like... <laughs> And what's the deal with that? With the main character and his son, he, like the main character looks twenty, and he's got a what? A twelve? No, a fifteen-year-old son. I know. Like it, it just it looks so bizarre. Yeah, and 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 uh, and uh, the captain's fake beard. Yeah, yeah. He was my favourite. He was brilliant. Yeah, Danny, you you need to watch it. You you, you go through stages. You start watching it. And uh, you think this is awful. This is yeah. really bad. And then and then you find yourself laughing. And then, yeah. you, then you start enjoying it. <laughs> it does have a yeah. It does have an effect because it's on so it. bad that you can't. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've watched. Yeah. I've watched those films that you're never going to get those two hours of your life back. Yeah, it's, <laughs> but, but but then you're actually quite pleased you watch it because you start as as a as a creative, a, a kind of like sort of cheering them on because they're yeah. so passionate and so yeah. self-effacing and so aware of what they're doing, but having so much fun. You start having fun yourself. Does Tony agree with that? I did. I did. I, I also agree <laughs> that the first fifteen twenty minutes, I, I, I wanted to uh, jump out of a window. Um, <laughs> like I was, I was really, really struggling with the first part of the film. But then it, it, it sucker punched me, and all of a sudden, I'm kind of at its mercy, and I will watch through to the end. So I, I love the underwater <laughs> sequence. <laughs> It just it has it had so many moments that, that you just think wow they, they put a lot of work into this. Uh, yeah, I, I was I was I, I must admit I started I I, I told I, I chose it because I knew it was going to be bad it, and, yeah. and I chose it in retaliation to what Tony made me sit through last week. Um, yeah, I I don't want to be in the world where a scantily clad attractive woman thinks it's appropriate or effective to whip her bra off and her pants and throw them at a giant killer ant in any way, thinking that was going to achieve anything other than gratuitous nudity. Well, I suppose she was having a go, yeah, but it wasn't going to do anything. It was oh look, it's just oh look, she's thrown her bra at me. I'm more than offended. I suppose it ticks a box. It did. It was. It was. It was the only bit of nudity in the film, and they got it out of the way quickly, didn't they? Maybe that was the joke, though. You know yeah. how you, you have horror films that are like that, and, it, and it's like, well, like at what point are you going to get this this you know nudity in there? And that maybe the joke was, we're going to get it right out of the way in the first minute to two minutes. Well, the eighties was really bad for that, wasn't it? I mean, it, yeah, there was no stopping them in the eighties. Yeah. 
No. And there's that moment in Friday the the uh, Freddy uh, Freddy X where where yeah. they try and they try and distract him with with uh, CGI or computer generated eighties yeah. nudies. And, yeah. and <laughs> that's quite funny. <laughs> So, sorry, we've gone needlessly. What, oh, yes, sorry. You need to announce what we're watching next week because that's a classic. Oh, sorry. All right, hang on. Hang on. Wait till you hear now. this, Danny. This is what I was laughing at before we started. This, this is what Elizabeth hit me about. Oh, you, you showed you showed, you showed, showed her, did you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll send yeah. you the picture. It's called Killer Sofa. <laughs> it, and it looks, I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, how they made a film out of this is um, because you know that in the in the I think it was the late seventies or early eighties they they made one called Killer uh, I think it was something like Killer Bed, um, <laughs> which I did see, and it's the weirdest, seediest, trashiest uh, horror film you could ever imagine. You know, the the this bed luring uh, people to it and 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 then and then eating them. It's um, I I kind of want to see that again. I don't know how Killer Sofa will be able to. I mean, maybe it's a sequel. Oh, I've just seen the photograph. Are you serious? Mind you, it's got four and a half stars. Yeah. It's yeah. only one hour and 21 minutes. I, I love what this is. Best not to hide behind your sofa for this one. Killer Sofa, sofa does for chairs what Jaws did for sharks. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Seriously. Well, how oh my god! Right, there is a film, uh, Danny. You need to watch this. You need to find this film and watch it because it is actually really good. For the opposite reason, um, the house shark is good. It takes itself seriously. You need to watch Rubber. It's about a killer tire. That, that is a good. <laughs> it's a good film. It's a good film. Rubber. Rubber. Yeah, it's about a killer tire. Uh, yeah. a, oh a pervy killer tire. If you remember the shower sequence. Yeah, killer tire. Yeah, and, and and he doesn't like bunnies. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, I'll, I'll, I'll be sure yeah. to watch that. Yeah, it, it it works because they took it seriously. It's a deadly serious film. <laughs> really? About yeah, and and it has this this brilliant line. This just sums it up. It's okay. He's he's what's he say? Uh, he's oh yeah, it's okay. He's been reincarnated as a tricycle. Oh my god! <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> yes, yeah, on that bombshell. Oh, that's all right then. He's a three, three. Oh dear, no, it's a great film. But yes, I, I don't yeah. imagine you may not be joining us for Killer Sofa. No. Well, I, 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 I want to watch these films now, just because, just because, <laughs> just because, yeah, yeah. So, so creativity needs to be encouraged, no matter how awful it is. Exactly. Somebody's going to get something from it. Well, we did, didn't we? We, but, did. Uh, we did. I, I sense. I sense. You don't have to, uh, but I sense Danny and John. You, you need to go and take your leave. We are. From us. We are. We are. Uh, while creativity is very much front of our mind, um, our children are bringing us back to the real world. Uh, and do that. Um, duty calls. Du- yeah. Duty calls, but. Uh, uh, if we can graciously and not too um, too badly um, uh, ask for our leave, please, uh, uh, Daniel and Tony. And um, we, it's been lovely to chat, actually, and and very unexpected. And been a uh, nice release know, from from th- realism. Yeah, thank yes. you for uh, <laughs> thank you and thank you for doing what you're doing. And um, both of you, you know, I think 
these discussions are always are always great. So thank you for that. Lovely to talk to both of you. And you know, where we'll uh, we'll catch up again very soon. Well, yes, absolutely. And seriously, keep the link. I'll let you know when we're recording. Just pop up and surprise us. We will. We will with some insults. <laughs> yes, yes, not compliments. <laughs> no compliments. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. Um, shout out to all the listeners in Belgium, um, in Belgium <laughs> and America. Um, and um, send those emails in. We're, we're interested to know what you think of our English accents, our, our grammar, our pronunciation. Um, yeah, it'd be great just to get some some feedback, wouldn't it, Daniel? Yes, and, and we need updates on your neighbours, John and Danny. Yeah, they let you know. If they're speak, still speaking to us, that is. Yeah, and, and how many more dents you've got in your car, Danny, as well? Ah, <laughs> oh, a few, I can tell you. <laughs> well, lovely to speak to you, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks for having us, guys. Take Not care. Care. Right. Bye, Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. But I, I just chucked them out because I didn't know whether they were going to stay and say something, you know, and I was just like, I can't manage that. <laughs> so I just booted them. Or it's going to be one of those. Uh, no, you say goodbye. No, no you well, say no, goodbye. No, you, say, you, no, you, you go. No, no, well, you, no, you, you go. Yeah, no, that that was. This is this is the essence of this podcast, Tony. That I really like is that you have an idea or preconception about how something's going to go, but we don't script it and it just goes naturally. I really yeah. enjoyed that conversation. Yeah, no, I think it's very important just to hear. Like, I mean, a lot of it was like they were saying things. And I was like, well, that's exactly what I'm going through. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and 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 it doesn't matter what what discipline within the creative uh, universe you work with; these common problems, these challenges are are, are mm, similar. Yes. You know, yeah. working on no budget or low budget, feeling you've got something to say, and not yeah. having the the marketing clout and everything else to be able to say it, and then damn it, doing it anyway. Yeah, no, it was important. It was important what they were saying. So that's that's great. And 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 also also house shark. I know, I know. We had to. We had to bring it all down, didn't we, at the end? How's how do you say sharks? It's shark, shark, shark. <laughs> so you're in the house? Shark is in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a DJ. Oh, it was it was it was yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And his <laughs> his his facial expressions as well expressions as well. Yeah. It's one of those films that I think, you know, you can you can you could you can hate at the beginning. Uh, most people won't get past 20 minutes but then if you do make it make it to the end i think you can kind of start to fall in love with what you've watched it starts it's warming yeah start. to the point where he's he's about to shoot the captain guy and he, so he yeah. agrees he said you agreed a little bit too quickly for that <laughs> so, but he could have waited a little bit and this whole interchange where he's being chewed up by paper mache shark just had me in stitches it's like well you could have yeah. like, you know yeah, I think I think my favourite thing about that film was the characters. I, th I think the, they acted it so they they just gave it everything. Like the cinematography was terrible, music was terrible, everything terrible, but the characters, the way they acted it, that's what you watched it for. Yeah, and, you see, and, and, I don't think the music was supposed to be terrible. I think the music was supposed to be kind of Hollywood standard. But there were there was there were so there were more miscues than there were proper cues and yeah. so many mistakes like yeah. note slipping and thinking it this would be best musically was the only issue I had with the film uh, it, the music was awful 
And the script, you know, the like the jokes that, that was was coming. It, I mean, they put a lot of thought into it. They they had no money, but they but they had a good script, and I think that's that's you don't get that with asylum films. No, no. I mean, that was that was literally no budget. I mean, that, that they didn't need it in the end. No, no, because the script and the characterization and their interplay was quite frankly better than than the majority yeah. than a lot of Hollywood films I've seen. Yeah. No. I mean. No, I, I was having you on a little bit that I hated it because I, I didn't hate it. I've, I've seen I've seen asylum films where I literally can't get past twenty minutes, and I should like, ugh. but yeah. But but Elizabeth kept on saying to me, "Why are you watching this?" I was like, it, "It's it's good. I lost it's, it. yeah. it's, it's, well, it, it's good." And then she's like, "Really?" It was like, "Well, it's not good, but but I'm enjoying it." <laughs> saying it's. You smile, yeah. Saying it's good is a bit of a stretch. Yeah, would you watch it again? No. Probably. No. I'm not a sicko. No. No, curiosity, yeah. There, there was one bit I was just thinking, the the whole anal and finger bit was a bit like, ew. What, when he was in the shark? No, the bit before. Uh, where, where, by the window, where they discovered a random anus and a finger in the middle. Why has this anus got a finger in the middle of it? I was like, oh! <laughs> Oh dear, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we, we, we're we're running at slightly high, uh, slightly hotter than one hour and a half, but that was good. Um, what are we doing? Worse. Yeah, it was it was very good. What what are we doing next? I've got to go to Liverpool now. Um, <laughs> what? We're doing a review on it. Oh, I've got. I can't help it. They're so inspiring, and the writing's yeah. brilliant. I, I I'll drive to Liverpool just to do that. Um, yeah. What are we doing next week? What should we do next week? <laughs> So what we've done, we've done, we've done horror, we've sci-fi. done sci-fi, we've done comedy. Yeah. Um, oh, why do we do heist movies or like crime, heist. crime movies? Yeah, 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 yeah. Any any chance I've got a chance to talk about Dog Day Afternoon? Oh yeah, and and you've got uh, you've got the the, the oceans films, the remake, yeah. which I really enjoy. Uh, we yeah. can we could talk about Money Heist, which is a TV series on Netflix, which is brilliant. Uh, mm-hmm. I might be able to play some music because they use the folks anyway. Um, and 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 uh, and of course, um, uh, Italian job. There's there's lots of films we could talk. Yeah. Oh, what's that film with um, Rosita Jones and uh, Sean Connery? He's old enough to be her dad. Entrapment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, we've got a few there, haven't we? Yeah, there's oh, and we could talk about Kaleidoscope, which is the thing in on Netflix where you can watch it in any order. Is, have you seen it? Yeah. Is it good? Yeah, and it works. Right. What? Well, have you tried watching it in different ways? Yeah, different order. You get a different <laughs> experience. It's very good. Fair enough. I, I keep needing to put that on, but that would yeah. give me a reason to watch it in the it, next week. It's so, yeah. really good. Yeah, just put it on random and then just pick colours randomly. It really right. works. That's weird, yeah. Do yeah, that. non-linear storytelling. Uh, yeah, and then at least we can talk about that as well. Yeah, so there's, I love a good heist movie, but I like a good heist yeah. movie, of obviously Reservoir Dogs as well, um, a heist, yeah. and to some extent Pulp Fiction. Uh, no, not Pulp Fiction, yeah. Jackie Brown. Not yeah, he- heisty, it's a bit, a bit heisty. Heistish. Ha. Yeah. Heisty. So yes, very good show. Heisty, 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 yes, yeah. Uh, enjoyed that. That was very good. Yeah. So thank you very much, the beshorted one. 
No, it's been the... Oh, oh, before we go, um, the Exorcist 4K uh, has just dropped, but I'm not spending 60 quid on it. Well, I don't know if you've noticed, but where, where everywhere it's dropped, it's sold out instantly. Yeah, well, I'm not spending that much on it. I'll wait for the normal 4K. No, go to HMV. HMV are just doing the Steelbook for 25. Oh, really? That's what I'm getting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just uh, I... It looks like only HMV are doing the the single Steelbook. So. Well, I don't. I don't really want the full the the full kind no. of. No. I, I don't, don't need, need a book. No, I don't need all that extra. I certainly don't need a T-shirt with it on either. I need book, T-shirt, and postcards. I just want the Steelbook. Yeah. Oh, they are. It's twenty four ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to get a pre-order on for that tonight. I I haven't gone with HMV before, so that'd be interesting. No, they they they're, they're very good actually. Yeah, it's a good cover that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that that's, as well. That's the right price, isn't it? Twenty five. Well, you don't. It's it's like I've I've cancelled and reordered the uh, the Wicker Man three times now. Oh, have you? Well, I can't. I just you know. I just... Oh, what you don't know if you want it for that price? Then yeah. I like it. I like it, yeah. but I don't like it that much. Well, what, what, which one did you go for? Well, I was going to go for the cheaper one, but even that, I'm thinking, I don't want all that many versions. <laughs> I don't think you've got a choice. I think even the min, uh, the, the even the the cheapest version, you're going to get the same same amount of discs, aren't you? Oh, the good thing about this price as well is you get it free as well, free postage. Is it over twenty? Yeah. Ah, that's good. Well, Any time you ever say, have you noticed Amazon have increased their minimum for free delivery to twenty five quid, which is annoying because all the Blu rays are like twenty four ninety nine. Oh, I take it you're not on Amazon Prime then. No. Uh, there we go. There we go. Right. Anyway, so yes, I'm very pleased that you. I mentioned that because I wouldn't have actually thought of looking at H and V. No, it was only because somebody mentioned it on one of the, the forums, and they said, "Oh, if you just want the basic, H and V have got it." I don't want all the extras. No, I don't. I don't. I, don't I like know. that there are two versions of it on there. Yeah, what was it? Seventy, seventy pounds, and, and seventy and forty, and they've and they've both and they've both sold out. So no, that, that was good. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. There we go. <laughs> Have you already? Uh, yeah, you just already clicked it. Yeah, you don't waste any time, do you? When's it come out anyway? I don't know. 18th uh, of September. Oh, okay. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, also, I don't trust Zavi after the whole Robin Hood Princess Eve thing. No. No. no I, I haven't ordered with them for a while. See, see, for me, The Exorcist isn't just about um, the film. It's it's about the atmosphere, the making of it. It's incredible. Yeah. It's got so much going for it. So I know we talked about this previously, but I'm actually really... I've been waiting for that. I, I, I don't ever want to see The Heretic ever again. <laughs> but, the, but I like the third one. Yeah, I've got the third one in 4K. Yeah, that is a good one. So that, those yeah. big, huge, kind of cutty things. Anyway, oh yeah, that's a nice cut. This is a lovely cover, isn't it? Lovely cover, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Right, yeah. we must we must go, and I need to go and mix yes. this or something. Oh uh, no, I don't need to mix it. It doesn't come out till Friday. I got a whole week to do this. Until Friday evening, you go, ah, what have I forgot to do? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Thank you very much, Mr. Lane. Hi. Always a pleasure. Yes, thank you. Until next week. Yes. Goodbye, listeners in Belgium and in Belgium.